0: Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show.
1: Hello, and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. We have two people in studio today, Kyle Malmstrom and Derek Myron. Derek, how are you today?
2: Doing well, Eric. And how are you doing today?
1: I am fantastic. I'm excited to speak to both of you. Kyle, how you been? Oh, awesome. Thanks for asking. You've been awesome your entire life. We just know that naturally. What are you guys talking about today?
2: Yeah, Eric, we're going to be talking about retirement plans and plan owners' choices on how to distribute those plans because today Congress is, well, really since 2019, has been looking at ways to limit plan owners' options. And we're going to look at What are the things that plan owners, and when I say plan owners, it's those that have a million dollars or more in these retirement plans and also have an estate. They're worried about wealth transfer issues. They're worried about how to optimize their distributions from their retirement plans because they know that the Congress is looking to change the rules on them. Yeah,
3: Yeah, those people, those families really have a target on their back, and it's pretty apparent based on what we're
1: seeing some of the proposals coming out of Congress are. Well, I mean, to me, you're saying that they're looking at changing things and, and, and changing rules. Basically, it's just Uncle Sam saying, how can I get money quicker and more money from more people? I mean, that's that's what we're facing is with all the spending that's been going on. I think everybody is on of the same mindset that Uncle Sam wants that back. The government has to get that money back, and they're just trying to figure out new and, and easier ways to get it, right?
2: I think that's fair. I, th- I think there's two sides to the coin, though. I think there's that has gone on. They've mm-hmm. way overspent. Right? When Bill Clinton left office in 2000, we had $5 trillion in debt. Today, there's, we're $29 trillion in debt. So that yes. is definitely an issue. The other side of the issue is they're saying, is it fair that people who have played by the rules, are like, this wasn't the intended consequence, that individuals could put money inside of retirement plans and they're not paying their fair share and we want to level the playing field. That's those are the really the the the, the two sides of of what's going on.
1: Well, I think this is timely and I appreciate you bringing this subject up and uh, I'm here to learn with the rest of the audience. So please take it away.
3: Thank you, sir. So I think what we'll do is we'll give a little bit of a history of Let's just start with the history of retirement plans.
2: Yeah, so Prior to 1974, oftentimes employees worked at one company or two companies for their entire life. And the benefits that they would be given, they would be given a pension. What is the pension? It's a a defined benefit plan. They define based on your years of contribution and how much you make and all these factors determined how much money I would get at death, or disa- when, if I became disabled, or at normal retirement age. It would tell me, or at early retirement age. This is a benefit you're going to get for the rest of your life or for you and your wife's life, and it's called, it was called a pension plan. In 1974, they introduced a, an act called the employee, it's, in, it's it's shortened for ERISA, which was the advent of the individual retirement account an IRA, individual retirement account, which was different than the other plans. Those were defined benefit plans. This is a defined contribution plan. You as an employee got to contribute to a plan and then make investments that you controlled stocks, bonds, mutual funds. And since 1974, pension plans have gone the way of the dodo bird, fewer and fewer every year. However, individual retirement accounts have really exploded in the number of accounts and the planned asset values.
3: Yeah, so the the number of retirement accounts right now, everybody, it, it really has shifted from defined benefits to defined contribution plans, and that includes 401Ks and your 403Bs and all that. And in 1997, William V. Roth introduced what's known as the Roth IRA, and the Roth IRA interestingly, I mean, named after him, right, is the idea that you could have a retirement account that grows tax-free, which is awesome, right? Tax-free growth, tax-free distributions, as long as you hold it five years and you're 59 and a half. And so 1998, Roth IRA came around and everyone started piling money into Roth IRAs. And this is gonna get to the point of what Derek was talking about, unintended consequences here. And the Roth IRA what ended what ended up happening is certain people were able to take advantage of that and get more money into that roth ira account than originally intended
2: kyle what are the ways we can get money into a roth ira
3: well there's two particular ways you can do it you can contribute on an annual basis or you can convert and a conversion means you take your ira asset and you you fill out a form and you convert it into a roth and you pay ordinary income tax and then the growth of that asset going forward will be tax free
2: so the challenge is getting it from a traditional IRA into is you have to pay tax to get it in there into that Roth IRA
3: that's correct now if you're in a low income tax bracket it's not that painful but if you're in a high income tax bracket it can be painful but I would piggyback on that that depending on what you're going to invest in your outsized returns could be a good reason to do that and I think that's what's happened over time as people have had outsized returns that the government did not prepare for. And now there are substantial amounts of money in Roth IRAs that the government's saying, Hey, that is not exactly what we thought was going to happen here. This was really intended as a retirement benefit, not as a wealth generation, a generational wealth growth player. And that's,
2: and that's what happened. Well, let's back you up. So 1998, this happens and first the government says, listen you can only have a hundred thousand of a modified adjusted gross income in order to convert so it really allowed this benefit for lower income people and then the government looks out there and says trillions of dollars in retirement accounts and I say gosh let's let everybody convert the more people convert we get the money now to spend now and they're let's face it they're hooked on it right they're hooked on the crack they want to the tax dollars to spend on other things so what happened in 2019
3: 2019 was the SECURE Act, which was setting every community up for retirement enhancement Passed December 20th, 2019, and they made some modifications to retirement plans. In particular, they made the required required minimum distribution from IRAs, qualified accounts. They moved it from 70 and a half to 72, and then they also eliminated the, well, they changed the inherited IRA rules. And inherited IRA rules said, "Hey, you could." Another name for it would be a stretch IRA. Would be if I was the beneficiary, the child of somebody that got an IRA. That my dad said, "Hey, Kyle, I'm going to leave this IRA to you." I can make an election to distribute that IRA over my lifetime, and that's a very powerful tool because we've always been told defer, defer, defer. So. If you imagine somebody leaving their grandchild an IRA in their thirties, they could very well take 60 years to distribute that IRA and the compounding effect of that is massive. And so the secure act changed that. And they said, Hey, no more stretch IRAs. You can do it over a 10 year period. There's a couple of exemptions from that disabled people and things like that. But for the most part, you have 10 years that you have to distribute this IRA. And that is case in point is, hey, we want our money, right?
2: Yeah. So they they didn't change it for spouses. So the the plan typically was you'd name your spouse as the primary beneficiary, beneficiary, and then you'd name your kids or your grandkids as the, the secondary beneficiary, contingent beneficiary. And you could just stretch it out for your lifetime, your spouse's lifetime, and then that secondary beneficiary. They met in 2019 and that was really the plan designed for most Americans. That's how, you know, and people knew that plan very well. People are not aware that this really changed in 2019 and Congress got together and said, you know, that wasn't the intention. The intention was for you, the plan owner, to save for your retirement and your spouse's retirement. But after you two have used this money for your retirement. It wasn't to help your kids get retired. So everybody else with minor exemptions have to distribute 100% of those assets within 10 years of death.
3: And I would right there. The crux of that is if you, if you imagine most generations are probably 20 to 35 years apart. So my parents were 30 when they had me, I'm in my primary years. If my dad passes away you're going to inherit that money when you're in your prime earning years which means you're probably going to have to take the money out in the highest tax bracket
2: yeah so but even before you looked at that issue the issue is you're going to go to your parent's cpa and he's going to be filing this last tax return the 706 estate tax return Assuming your father, your mom and dad have an estate north of the estate tax exemption and they potentially are going to pay estate taxes, let's make in a simple example. Let's Say your parents had a million-dollar IRA for you, Kyle, and you're, that you were the beneficiary on. And you're going to ask them, if my choices are take it out today or take it out over 10 years, and let's just take both ends of the spectrum. Let's say that you decide, I'm not gonna take any money, I'm in my primary earning years, I'm not gonna take any money out, I'm gonna wait 10 years. They're gonna say, okay, Kyle, you're gonna owe estate taxes on your parents' IRA. And today, estate taxes are 40%. And astutely, you're gonna say, but wait a minute, I'm paying tax on money that's not all mine. Some of that money in that plan is gonna go to income taxes over time. So I'm paying 40% today, 400 grand, and I hope this IRA grows over the next 10 years. And then when I take it out, depending on what tax bracket I'm in, I'm gonna to have to pay whatever bracket I'm in, 40-50% down the road. That doesn't seem smart. So you're gonna say the other end of the spectrum, okay, Mr. CPA, I'm gonna take all the money out today. And that's gonna end up on your dad's final tax return. Income with a respect to a decedent is gonna say, gosh, gonna put him in a if you're in here in California, fifty percent income tax bracket. So the million dollars is going to get chopped down to $500,000. They're going to say, Kyle, now we have to pay estate taxes on the $500,000 at 40%. That's another $200,000. It's going to leave you with $300,000. And when you do the math on those two, take it all out today or wait and take it out 10 years from now, depending on what tax bracket you're in over the next 10 years and depending on what growth rate you think you're going to get neither one of those outcomes are very they're not too motivating and when we tell clients this like i had no idea oh my gosh i worked really hard for this asset i cannot believe how punitive this will be at the end of life yeah
3: it is definitely contrary to the defer 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 tactic right that's what people have been taught their whole life and you got to get proactive with your thinking and say, hey, what's really going to happen with this asset? Is this a good asset to leave to my kids? And in, to bring more light to, we'll get into some solutions here in a second, Eric, but to bring more light into what you were alluding to, Eric, with Congress wanting the money, the Build Back Better Act had several proposals in it. And right now they think they might vote on it today. And some of these things aren't going to be in there, but it just is, it just demonstrates their approach at the way they see IRAs. And I would want well, you share the story about Peter Thiel. So everyone gets an idea of what happened and why, why Richard Neal and Ron Wyden are targeting these assets.
2: Yeah. So they, they passed this act in 2019 limiting, eliminating the stretch didn't get a lot of publicity and not a lot of people know about it now in 2021 they're they're this the new congressional act right now is this build back better plan and some things that they put in there first is peter thiel is the poster boy because he's been able to amass five billion dollars in roth ira and they're saying how is that fair how is he paying his fair share peter's in his 50s he's a founder of paypal he's had several successful ventures but he played by the rules but they're like we don't care this isn't this is not what we intended from this roth ira there's also folks that have huge IRA balances. There's 500 folks in the country that have north of $25 million in their retirement plan. They're saying that's not okay. There's so many people that have plans north of $10 million. So they want to pass legislation, wanted to pass legislation that said anybody that had north of $10 million had to get the money out of the plan over two years. Can you imagine if that's you? Oh, my gosh. They want to tell the Peter Thiel's of the world, you got to get any money over 20 million dollars out of a roth distributed out not as painful for him because it's tax-free i don't know what what they're planning on assessing changing the rules but how about people that got to defer defer defer, and they have 10 million or 20 million bucks in their retirement account and they said hey half of it has to come out of there. you got to pay taxes immediately that could be really rough
3: yeah it was 50 percent of the aggr- aggregate amount over 10 million dollars and so there and you weren't allowed to contribute any more to an ira they said, Hey, you got to get this money out. The other thing that they threw in there, I think is really noteworthy. And I think punitive to the general population is that they said, Hey, no more private investments, no more investments that are for accredited investors only, and the government has this view that, in, that people that make $200,000 or $300,000, if you're a couple and you have a million dollars in other assets that somehow you're. Uh, for lack of a better way to say it, more sophisticated than the rest of the people. And that you get to have access to these private credit, private real estate, hedge funds, right? You can invest in different things. And they said, hey, no more of that. And so there's people all over the country that have self-directed IRAs, they have IRAs in hedge funds, they have a, they, tons of money is in private deals. And they're saying, hey, you need to get that out and you got two years to sell it. Well, first off, that's just ludicrous that they try to get you out in two years because a lot of these private equity deals are five and seven and ten year lockups so i don't even know how you get out of them i'm sure there's a way but it's going to be a challenge so they're saying hey we're really going after these iras this is we're going to change the rules here
2: yeah i think a lot of plan owners were were very nervous about these proposals but i think that their congress is saying this for two reasons one We don't allow everybody to have access to these, and it's really because these investments could hit home runs or they could go to zero, and people that aren't financially sophisticated or have amassed significant assets or have high enough income can't participate. That's number one. And number two, some of these assets are hard to value, and so we can't enforce the rules around retirement accounts because of valuation issues. So because of that, we wanna throw it out with the baby with the bathwater, we just want to level the playing field, we want nobody to be able to invest in retirement accounts in this stuff. And there's a bunch of other things in there as well. The good news is the good news is, as of last Thursday, all of this stuff has now been not eliminated from the bill. Now, as, as we know, the sausage getting made in Congress is a messy process, and people can try to slip this stuff back in at, in, the, in the end. So, so you never know until you get the final bill to say what's in there? so that but i think what we are saying clearly congress is coming for large retirement plan owners and for folks that have alternative investments in retirement plans and what should those folks do if anything what should they do
3: yeah that's exactly my take on it and i and history shows that right so let's talk about what you can do, right? So there's a couple of ways to get money, you know, how do you pass along an IRA, you can do it while you you can get money out of an IRA while you're alive, or you can pass away. There's four ways when you're alive, right, you can just make a distribution. Now for traditional IRAs, 401 ks that type of thing, which is a, you know, you're going to pay ordinary income taxes, What we were talking about, if you're in a high tax bracket in California, that's going to be painful, but you're getting it out. You could do a Roth conversion, depending on your facts and circumstances and the timing of income and and different things that could be definitely optimized and then you could distribute from the Roth. You can do a charitable, qualified charitable distribution, which is making a payment directly to charity. If you're charitably inclined, that's a great strategy. Uh, eliminates all the taxes on that and you get a right to charity and it's a better use of money and most people's folks, and there's a way to do some in-kind distributions of different assets out of an IRA that could be pretty tax efficient. There's a little secret sauce in that, but that's a good way to, 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 a good option to be considering. What about when you pass away, Derek?
2: Yeah. So those are the four paths during life. And then after you pass away, there are really only two groups of beneficiaries, right? It's either friends and family or to charity now in the friends and family there for those who own a company there's some special sauce around that you can optimize getting assets in retirement accounts to to second and third generation but it's only to those who own a privately held business or you give it outright to charity or you set it up such that it goes into a Uh, charitable trust on behalf of your family upon passing those are really the only options unless you just plan on giving it directly to the government
3: yeah desired options the undesired option is the IRS so um, the charitable remainder trust or different charitable strategies right that's that there's a lot of meat on the bones there to talk about on a different conversation I think but that's really the ways you're gonna get the money out of the IRAs and we're talking big chunks of money big taxation government wants it In order to really make an impact for clients that are in this situation where they have very large IRAs and the estate tax is looming right now, that number was 23.7 million for a couple. You could pass 23.7 million to the next generation without estate taxes. That was in the build back proposal to be down to five with inflation adjustment probably six as of today. Six, 12 million for a couple, but it may, you know, it, it came out. But to Derek's point, do they slip it in at the last minute? Even if they don't, it's going to come back down to six million in 2026. So for $12 million for a couple. So these people, if you're one of those people, you got to start thinking, well, how, you got to think, think strategically and downfield, what's the best play?
2: Right. Yeah, so I think that many individuals who have large retirement plan balances had a plan to get the money in. Here was the plan. Here's the way to mitigate my income tax one year at a time and push this down the road. What we find most don't is have a very good plan on how to distribute it out. Most don't even know the rules that have changed. And so once we tell them the story about at passing, your kids are likely gonna get somewhere 20 to 40% of these plan balances. Holy moly. That's like, wow, that's, I had no idea. I used to love this asset. I felt like this was the asset I worked hardest for. I didn't take certain vacations. I put off other things. I really saved for this asset. And now the way that you're describing it and how it's going to be taxed, it it may be my my least beloved asset because of the way that it's gonna be distributed down the road. You got a silent partner on that asset sure do. So people had a good plan to get it in there. They now need to develop, and it was one year at a time. We now yep. need to develop a plan. How do we get the money out in the most tax efficient way possible? And I would say a simple rule for those whom likely are going to face a wealth transfer tax, like Kyle just described, these are very good live on assets to live on and benefit your family and your charities, but they are terrible leave on assets to leave on to the next generation. And if you intend to leave it on, we need a sophisticated plan on how best to do that. Leaving it inside of the retirement account very likely is not the right decision.
3: There is a truckload of options and circumstances that are used to optimize exactly what you're talking about, Eric. And everybody's situation is case specific. It is facts, assumptions, and goals. It is understanding your family tree, understanding the family dynamics, understanding your estate plan. What do you really want to have happen? I mean, what's most important to you? And none of our clients, the IRS is in that plan, right? So we're always trying to figure out how to get the money out in the most tax efficient way. And I couldn't agree with you more. It's a great leave on asset a live on asset, terrible leave on asset.
2: So if this is you, if you don't have a plan, we recommend you get one. And the plan is not a one or two or three year plan. It's it's a it's a five, ten, fifteen year plan to figure out how you're intending to manipulate your cash flow and your income tax and to get this asset to the people that you want to benefit from this whether it be you or you and your spouse or generation two generation three or a charity or a combination how does that look all right there's probably there's only four ways to get the money out during your life and then there's five to ten different strategies that are paired with those getting them getting assets out to mitigate the tax and so if this is you and you have a large plan balance a and B you feel like you likely will face a wealth transfer tax you are in the crosshairs of needing a plan you definitely need a plan today and you know that the rules likely will change in the future they've already shown you what they had, would like to do apparently they didn't have the votes today to do that but this stuff is just going to keep coming back. Yep. So they've told, they've already shared with you what their plan is. Let's get ahead of them now. It may, it very likely is not going to pass today, but they're they're going to come back to it. How do we get two steps ahead here? Yeah, Will
3: stated. You, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. They're going to come back around on this thing and get more bites at the apple. And to Derek's point, you know, looking at your businesses, looking at tax situation, looking at current income tax solutions, pairing all that stuff together. It is a one of a kind solution that is specific to one person, one family's exact plan. Like what are they really trying to do? It's, it's like, we can't just throw out ideas here and solve it. We, I mean, it just doesn't work that way. There's too many nuances, too many details. So I encourage you to get in touch with your advisor or you could contact us and we would be happy to help you sort figure out a plan and and determine what that game plan is going to look like and how to execute on that
2: 100 percent. so we want to thank you guys for listening eric thank you for hosting us again today and on the live life liberated podcast and uh kyle thanks for uh all the great information
1: thanks eric thanks eric you bet. Guys, what, before we go, a couple things. Number one, let's give them some contact information again, just to make sure that they can reach out to you. What's the best way to reach you?
3: Well, we can be contacted via the telephone, 858 or probably the easiest is just the internet, www.centura, C-E-N-T-U-R-A,
1: wealth.com. I got to say that I, I was reading an article just just yesterday and I'd heard the story before. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, The name Stephen Rothstein. Have you ever heard that name before? No, so he's one of the gentlemen there's, there's multiple people who did this but he bought a lifelong uh, airline pass from American Airlines so Basically one-time fee and you can fly as much as you want for the rest of your life. It cost him two hundred fifty thousand dollars and then he did it for a family member. So, in other words, he paid an extra $150,000 a couple years later to be able to take a companion with him anytime he flew for free. And then American Airlines did a clawback, basically. After all these years, after 20 years or however many years it was, they decided to cancel that, even though it was lifelong. So, I, I couldn't help but think of that story when you guys were talking about the rules for the Roth, the rules that these families have been playing by they played by the rules they they tried to set their family up by these rules that they were told that they could and now somebody wants to change the rules so i i just think it's i think it's an unfair process i think that you guys are doing Uh, an incredible service by bringing it to people's attention and making sure that people are aware and wise and can make good decisions. So I thank you. I'm not in that situation where I need uh, your services at this point with the, the the caps and everything, but I know that a lot of listeners are. So thank you again so much for the, the the wisdom and the, just the great education you're, you're providing here. Our pleasure. All right. And our last thank you goes to the listening audience. We wouldn't be here without you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results.